0: Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me.
1: Don't kill me, man, said a thug on a roof. I'm not gonna kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. The thug replied, what are you? I'm Batman. Recognize this quotes movie? Stay tuned to find out or check out the title of this episode of Talking Pictures Trivia.
2: Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, Nick, and with me is...
1: Tom.
2: Additionally, joining us as guests this week are... Justin. And I'm Chris. Thanks for joining us. Justin is back from our Back to the Future episode. You may remember Chris from such episodes as... Spaceballs, The Spirit of the Beehive, and Ghostbusters. Justin and Chris conveniently like movies. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. In round one, each question is worth one point, And in round two, each question is worth two points. Then once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie.
1: Today we are going back to 1989 to continue to get ready for the new upcoming movie, The Batman. In 1989, NASA launches the Galileo spacecraft, the Berlin Wall comes down, and Nintendo releases the Game Boy. During all of this, Tim Burton's movie, Batman, was released in theaters alongside the See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Dead Poet Society, Star Trek 5, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Do the Right Thing, The Karate Kid Part 3, Weekend at Bernie's, Lethal Weapon 2, 007 License to Kill. And when Harry met Sally. Nick will be quizzing us today. Nick, what is Batman all about?
2: Very simple. This movie is about a struggling city wanting to throw a bicentennial party, but they're having a lot of trouble with all the violence. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's not what it's about. Uh, This movie is about a news reporter who wants to get the scoop on a really cool... Wait, wait, no, that's not what it's about either. This movie is about... The Batman and his arch nemesis, the Joker. Tom, if you only had one word to describe Batman, what would it be?
1: Spectacle. Justin? Mysterious.
0: Chris? I'm gonna, use, I'm gonna cheat again and say two words. I'm gonna say Art Deco.
1: We'll pretend
2: there's a hyphen. I like that. And my word would be toys.
0: It's time for question one.
2: What was the name of the theater where the Wayne family watched the musical sensation, Footlight Frenzy, directed by Ron House.
3: Locked in. Locked in. I'll say locked in, but I have nothing, unless that's the end. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to guess? uh, I will say I pass on that question. Okay, I don't have the answer to it.
2: I don't remember who locked in
3: second.
0: I'll go. I'll say the Monarch. It is indeed the Monarch Theater. It was called
2: the Monarch Theater. The uh, reference I made was a movie poster that was outside when they were walking uh, to go back home before they got mm. mugged, and unfortunately, the Wayne Penns got killed.
1: Do you know the original movie they were going to in the comics?
2: Please educate us.
1: I believe it was. I think the it's Deflader Mouse. No, that's in that's, that's in the, 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 the Nolan one. That's the Nolan one. They're going mm. to defla- They're going to the the Richard Strauss mm. opera. It's the ma- I believe it's The Mask of Zorro. The
0: Mask of Zorro, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. I
2: do know that it was something Zorro related. Yeah. So the reason I brought this one up is I, I really wanted to talk about this specific portrayal of Batman and Bruce Wayne by Michael Keaton. And the reason I picked this scene to start off with, this is when he really starts his transformation to become the Batman later in his life. This is the traumatic event that makes him want to get back at all that is bad and evil in this city. So uh, I remember last week we kind of had a, some of us had a good feeling about this portrayal of uh, Michael Keaton as Batman, but I'd really like to hear you know more details on that pro or con.
0: I, I like him. I think he's really good. I like that he doesn't do the modulated voice. I, I like that he doesn't throw his voice like Christian Bale tries to. That's probably like one of my biggest criticisms of those movies. But that's enough about that because it's about Michael Keaton. I think he does really well. I think he plays the the two personalities pretty well. I don't know that I love his Bruce Wayne but I do like the fact of how hard he's trying to be two different entities. Like his personality as Batman versus personality as Bruce Wayne definitely kind of definitely kind of fits for me. Uh, I think they were still, I, I don't. this is not on Keaton, but I think they were still trying to figure out the best way to portray Batman as two different people on a, uh, a video medium when they did this movie. And I think it's gotten a little bit more honed, but, uh, But I did really, I do really like him. He is one of my favorites. I'm actually really excited to see him come back as an older Batman in these movies that are coming up from DC, even though they're gonna be hot garbage. (laughs) Uh, So I I do like it. And but before I pass it along, I I just I marvel at the fact that this '89 Batman was was shot on a film studio lot. And if you go back and watch, how many times the Monarch Theater is in the background? It just goes to show you how small the Warner Brothers lot is that it literally is in every other car chase scene. You see them driving past the Monarch in a different direction. And <laughs> cause they only had like three or four streets on the back lot that the Batmobile had to constantly kind of weave back and forth on. So it, it was, it always stood out to me that the theater was always there because you could definitely tell it was a back lot film.
1: Yeah. I, I really like his Bruce Wayne. Um, I, I like it more than I, I think Christian Bales who, I you know I never I'm not really in love with Christian Bale's Batman or or Bruce Wayne I mean his Bruce Wayne is fine I suppose Ben Affleck has a kind of interesting Bruce Wayne I think he's very angry he's very tough he has much more of a Frank Miller style Michael Keaton's um, Bruce Wayne is very odd like he's a little socially awkward um, he's he's a little isolated both in his psychological trauma. But also in his wealth, which is something we we see as as an act that Batman performs. Batman pretends, or Bruce Wayne pretends to be isolated by his wealth in order to not appear as Batman. It seems like Keaton plays that straight, though, um, and he's he's also like a little bit of a flake. Alfred kind of has to push him to be like, no, no, sir. You know, um, Commissioner Gordon left in a rush. You know, like. like you pay attention that something's happening now. Context clues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's much more, um, he's much odder than the other Batmans. And, and the way we see him deal with the trauma is, we're, we're exposed to it not only in the uh, in the back alley scene, which is filmed and, and shown to us in flashback, but when the Joker assaults the mob boss on the stairs of of Gotham, we're told by Vicky Vale that the gaze Bruce has when he looks at that is the same gaze the kid had in the in the alley next to the Monarch when when his parents were shot, which is this kind of not rage but this sort of um, this sort of befuddlement that that makes you kind of aloof or or isolated even from yourself. It's a really odd character, and I really liked it.
0: I I think I took from that scene that like when he's watching him get back into the car and like toodaloo I just killed the mob boss like I feel like that's his first hint that that is the guy that killed his parents so like he's he's traumatized from that event and he's now finally coming to oh this is the guy that did it like he's he's actually Mm -hmm. his life his his lifelong journey to find that person is now kind of coming to fruition he's you know horse and blinders kind of thing on him.
1: Yeah, he's he's. I don't know if he's if it's clicking, but there's there's something there's some connections that are being made, right? I think that's right. I think there is supposed to be, and the movie tells us there's supposed to be a connection between his response to that and his response to his parents' death.
0: Well, that and the the next scene you see him talking to to Pennyworth, there he's asking
3: for the file on his parents. Mm -hmm. Like I think he's putting, Mm -hmm. I think he's putting. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah, I I think he he was good. I mean, he's he's a good bruce wayne probably like the most uh you know nuanced type of you know different um characteristics i guess so, you know more depth I, I would say than than the other batmans uh i do like christian bale except for the voice it is terrible
4: you
3: know and it seems like it just got worse but and i do like those movies um but so it would be a, a toss-up i guess between them two as, as my favorite favorite batman you know, he's the original, and I never saw the George Clooney one or the Ben Affleck one. So you're okay
2: on the Clooney, yeah, I, I <laughs> for mean, sure. I, it wasn't. A, I it haven't it seen all the Ben Max Affleck ones. It wasn't yeah. an accent.
3: Yeah. I saw. He literally,
2: he literally said
3: he did it because of the check, right? Like he. he I I, I, re- I refuse to just. You know, <laughs> I, I just can't picture either of them as a Batman, so I just refuse to go watch them.
2: Yeah, the only thing I would say about this portrayal, I really focus more on the Bruce Wayne part of it than the Batman. I already like the Batman portrayal, but Bruce Wayne in this one, he's almost plagued by his money. He doesn't really care about the money where the other ones, especially the Christian Bale one, he has to really up the playboy, ostentatious lifestyle Car, him. He doesn't want to sit at that stuffy table with the big dining room, you know, in the big dining room, he wants to eat in the kitchen around a small table. Like he, he's not into all that, you know, stuff. So it's, it's an interesting Way to portray Bruce Wayne, and I don't think a lot of the other ones do so much in that direction. So that that's one of my favorite parts of of this uh, Michael Keaton's performances at this you know duality between Batman and Bruce Wayne.
3: Yeah, he seems a bit disinterested. Like his mind is kind of mm-hmm. elsewhere, you know, than than the moment. And another thing is, it makes a real interesting face as Batman. Like it seems I don't know. I mean, you're only seeing half his face, but it seems like he's really kind of making a face. Like, I, don't I know, know what you're saying I, there, actually. Like an angry, like
4: yeah. yeah he's, he's like definitely, just like he's definitely scowl. mean mugging.
3: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, mugging. yeah, yeah. He's definitely doing
4: something.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's—it's yeah, it's not. I—I I will say I like Affleck's Batman, um, because it's a little more. I, I really like the Frank Miller Batman from um, The Dark Knight Rises, which is is in influencing this movie. That's an '86 comic, uh, so th- there's certainly an influence there, um, but he doesn't, he's not, He doesn't seem rage, rageful, right? You don't get that impression, which is something that you sometimes see with the Batmans or you even see with the, in the animated series as well. Um, or not, not necessarily the animated series, but the universal cartoons that have come out, they've made a ton of Batman movies. And some of them, he's more along that kind of um, anger spectrum. That's not the case here. He's like, a, he's like a flake a little bit.
2: That's why I think he's so aloof in real life, because he just wants to get back at, to being the Batman, Like he mm-hmm. wants to focus on that passion and the daytime is almost like getting in his way. I, I,
0: I feel it's, it's very hard to compare these Batman actors because they I feel like the, the Ben Affleck Batman and the Christian Bale Batman come from a place of like rage. And this Batman comes from a place of, like, redemption and, and vindication. Like, he's he's trying to find the, the killer. It's, it's not that he's angry about it, but he wants justice. Mm-hmm. So it's a different, I feel like, like, from the actor's perspective, their base, like, this is where I'm starting was two different places. Whereas Bruce Bruce Wayne Ben Affleck is just a, a ball full of anger ready to explode, and then he kicks a, an alien through a wall. You and have Christian, one
2: direction, and you're gonna just really maximize that yeah. direction. <laughs>
0: Christian Bale's the same thing. Like he his, his inner voice is that gravelly that gravelly thing that you yeah. get, uh, and then he eventually covers it up to be Bruce Wayne and be the, the the billionaire playboy. But I feel like the Keaton one, they didn't they weren't focusing on the rage yet. They were just focusing on the redemption and the trying to. It, it almost felt like it was a childhood go to wrong and he was trying to make up for trauma by mm-hmm. being the Batman. And that's it came from a different place, came from a different place of uh, vulnerability i guess and that's mm-hmm. why he seems more aloof and just kind of like flitty a little bit
1: what do you guys think the robert pattinson one is going to be like that's that's a rage machine ready to explode yeah it looks really frank miller doesn't it it looks really hard i didn't even yeah. know that was coming out until this week i just saw the commercial oh, yeah it will so be like, here wow, soon like...
2: enough that's why we're doing this whole yeah batman inspired you guys knew was... batman
3: adjacent yeah Wait, you, there you was... You knew that was coming a while ago
1: yeah yeah we, we've been keeping wow. tabs It was was delayed by COVID. It was just come out in, what, 20?
2: Yeah, a lot of things got pushed. Like, even this, we've been trying to do a Top Gun episode for, like, ages now, and I think that got moved back, like, two years already. Um, So I've
3: been waiting for that, yeah. Yeah, it's been on our radar. It's time for question two.
2: Where did the Joker say his famous line, where does he get those wonderful toys?
1: Locked in. Locked in. You beat me, Chris.
2: Locked in. The trick is to lock in earlier because I always make you go first if you're last. <laughs> so, Justin, start okay. us out. Where do you say it? In
1: the street. I believe it's Tom's turn. In the Flugelheim Museum. <laughs> Chris.
0: Yeah, he's he's meeting Vicky Vale for like a lunch date at the the eatery inside the the art museum.
2: Yes. Uh, unfortunately for Justin, it was the museum and not the street. Uh, I would have accepted flugelheim museum spelled f l u e g e l h e i m or flugelheim museum spelled f l u g e l h e i m the reason i brought that up was on the menu it was pronounced or was spelled the first way but when you actually exit the museum it's spelled out the other way but none of this really matters because i don't want to talk about a museum i want to talk about the joker Specifically, Jack Nicholson's portrayal.
0: Every single Joker has been so different. I don't. Mm-hmm. I you can't compare them. They're all. They're all. They're all their own entity. Uh, you have you. Your your Mark Hamill animated Joker is a completely different thing from the Cesar Romero, from the Heath Ledger to this this Jack Nicholson one. I. I probably have a soft spot in my heart for it because it's like, I think like you, Nick, this is my Batman to a certain extent. Uh, I, I probably would say that the animated series is my Batman, but this was my first live action Batman. That was mine. Uh, So he's, he's my Joker, but being that I've been able to kind of like dive through comics and other mediums and other movies and TV shows, I can see where this Joker is a little grating and it does feel like Jack Nicholson was, was chewing the scenery. Uh, I think a little bit was was directed that way. I think like he wanted to be maniacal and just outlandish. And I, I think that that was kind of what Tim Burton was going for. And so I, I don't think Jack Nicholson did a bad job in retrospective of what the director wanted. But I, I can kind of see it being a little bit on the edge. I, I would also say that this is a this is a very much a comic book movie that's very, very close to the 66 Batman. It's very campy. And I think that He's playing it a little campier on purpose. I, I don't think it's bad acting. I think it's him playing it just a little bit more like they were they were aiming for. If you take the dark black lens off the film and you put the Technicolor sixty six lens on it, this is an Adam West Batman movie. I think.
1: I I disagree. I think Frank Miller. I, I've mentioned him three times now. So for people to know Frank, Frank, Miller, Miller. Frank Miller, is the um, the the he's a comic book writer and he wrote the. 19, the very famous 1986 Batman Returns, which uh, kind of ended the Bronze Age of comics and started what we, we call the modern era, which is a sort of vague term, but <laughs> here, here comes modernity again. Um, and and, Moving it's, on. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's marked, Miller's work is kind of marked by, it's very aggressive and it's very dark. I think that this movie is closer to that than it is to... The sort of Silver Age, Adam West, Batman, where where Batman's more of a camp figure. Um, The Joker is... But do you mean...
2: I'm I'm sorry to interject here. I think Chris was saying specifically the Joker, not the film Uh, as a
1: whole. But look at what the Joker does. I think what he does to his female companion, where he scars her face as a work of art, is pretty shocking uh you know and then when she commits suicide the the joker did of, she
2: really commit suicide i always or or he got killed kill her uh, yeah, what I, that.
1: I, I idea, yeah i think the idea i found up. the idea of like the living work of art thing where we burn her face to make her into a living work of art to be deeply disturbing Um, That is not something you would have seen in the Adam West series. It's not something you would have seen in the the silver age of comics.
0: Let let me, I don't, I don't mean to break in, but let me, let me, let me, let me, let me me give you the elevator pitch. Sure. All right. You have an aloof Bruce Wayne who doesn't really have too much to say as Bruce Wayne, who then dresses up like a bat. He drives a gigantically outlandish car through the streets of a city and then the Joker's main acts is he's going to make people use makeup that turns their faces into to Joker grins. He's going to uh, have balloons that go down the street that that emit gas. Mm-hmm. All of these elements, if if you don't paint the black picture and put Batman in the back suit, the black suit, those are all right out of the 66 Batman. Like the you could see Bruce Wayne running down the street with the bomb over his head, like they're taking the pieces of campy Batman Mm -hmm. and they're painting it in a Tim Burton color and I think that was the magic of it they took the fun of the Batman Mm -hmm. the old Batman the original Batman and they painted it that way and I feel like yeah I
1: I think there I I agree with you I think there is a, a comic book feel to it but I think that that comic book feel that kind of look and that aesthetic um is it's darker than what we see in the, the kind of the Tim Burton or in the, the 1960s uh, iterations of Batman in, in print. Um, you know, in, in those, in the, like the, that age, you really couldn't see criminals killing people. That just wasn't, that was, that was not allowed. Um, you couldn't really see organized crime. However, Tim Burton seems to like the aesthetic of that the the campy the over the top the balloons going down the street right the the bright color the 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 bright colors the laughing the fact that his I think um, the
2: matching henchman is still the matching henchman his, yeah, like, yeah, yeah
1: exactly but there's a there's a much more of a darkness to it and I think that you know gassing the citizens on the street to death and I think especially what he does to that female character a lot of that is much more um, it's much darker than what you would find in, in earlier iterations. I think this movie, I think this movie is influenced by Frank Miller. I I still think it is, Uh, even though it's not, it's not going as far as, as Miller did.
3: I don't think I'm as familiar with the old stuff as they are from the sixties. I mean, I have a vague idea of it and I tend to think. Pow, wham.
5: (laughs) I I think
3: it is kind of similar to that, you know? from what i remember of it but um yeah it's a, it's a bit more cartoonish to me like um 80s too of course it's in the 80s um he, he's a bit over the top he's, he's not my favorite joker I, i'll say that uh, who is
2: who is your favorite
3: uh well you got heath ledger and what is the other one tommy Lee No, he was two-faced oh no, so. um oh uh, uh,
1: yeah no we all forget his name what's his name
3: no, the the new one.
1: The the clubber, the guy who goes to clubs. <laughs> That's yeah, your.
3: Favorite? I can only think of Heath Ledger as the other one. No,
2: it's it's not bad.
1: The animated. Oscar winner. Yeah, um, the other guy. Which movie though? Which? It's the Suicide Squad.
2: Yes, that that Oh, one. you're
1: you're talking about Jared, I know Leto. That. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Thank Leto, you. Leto. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh-oh. I would I would say along those lines, Jack Nicholson was my Joker just as much as Michael Keaton was my Batman. But the one who really kind of may have pushed him aside was Heath Ledger for me. I really yes, did I enjoy he- that portrayal. And I think that actually makes me like that movie more than the Batman makes me like that movie whenever we talk about that.
3: Yeah.
2: He definitely is the one that stands out for, for me when it comes to it Comes to Joker. Up until that point, it definitely was Jack, Ni- Jack Nicholson. But he kind of got pushed down a peg when, uh, <laughs> you know,
0: why so serious? Yeah. But that's what yeah. I was getting at. The, the the Jokers are so wildly different. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that if Jack Nicholson's a comic book Joker, then Heath Ledger is just a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a very different portrayal. They both do, a, in my opinion, a great job.
1: And, and Mark Hamill. Let's not forget Mark Hamill, who does a wonderful, wonderful work. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the new animated stuff. Yeah, so. or see the Killing Joke. He's the Joker in the Killing Joke as well. Um, Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: does the voice. Mm-hmm. All the all the '90s Batman animated series from Fox. They were all they were all Mark Hamill.
1: Mark yeah. Hamill and Kevin Connolly, who is now does the li- live oh, act. Is that, it Kevin yeah. Connelly? Saturday morning. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, Conroy. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Conroy. Conroy. Conroy, Conroy. Those yeah, I'm there. getting his name wrong. But he is now a live-action Batman as well in The Flash, isn't he? he
0: yeah, he's been doing some of the, the, the Flash stuff where Batman's kind of older. And it's been yeah. good.
1: I, one thing I'll, I'll say about this, I don't think it adds up to much. But um, Joker as artist was an interesting thing. I don't know if I've run across that in another instance. I don't know, Chris, if you could, if you could speak to when the Joker is takes on the the mantle of an artist uh, it kind of doesn't connect to the rest of the movie it well, seems that's, <laughs> fairly
0: random it's, um, it's, it's another one of those and I, I don't mean the harp on it to, to like prove my point but it's another one of those things that makes me feel like it's a 66 Batman okay. because every time you see the Joker he's in a different outfit doing a different thing mm-hmm. one time he's wearing a beret and the other time he's wearing the makeup to cover mm-hmm. the white face the other time he's you know running down the street he's climbing the cathedral like he goes wasn't he world- a mind? Wasn't he, he goes one of the more wardrobe mm-hmm. changes than you know uh, an Oscar uh, an Oscar presenter? <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> they he they were really just putting him into different set pieces and yeah mm-hmm. I don't really remember any comic book reference where he goes in and defaces works of art. Yeah. I I I think that might be unique to the movie. I'm not a, I'm not a complete Batman connoisseur, mm-hmm. but at the same time uh, it is a, it is one of my favorite ones because he has zero. I, I, I can't really use the word that I want to. Uh, he, he he gives zero Fs about anything that is not specifically what he's, what he's trying to accomplish, which is just mayhem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The one part that specifically made me think of the throwback, Chris, was when they're up in the belfry and he has the gun and he says he can't take it anymore, pretty much. And he shoots and a little flag comes out that yeah. says bang. <laughs> like that made me think.
0: He pulls <laughs> the big three gun. foot revolver out of his pants that he had there the whole time. Like, yeah. on, if that's not 66 Batman, I don't know what it is. Yeah,
1: I think that's, I think that is camp. I, I, I just think it is, I'm not saying it isn't borrowing from, from, from camp or using camp aesthetics. I think it, it is also m- darker than that.
0: Oh, no, I, I completely agree with you that it is darker. But I do feel like you can see and I don't I don't disagree that it's definitely got some some Frank Miller vibe to it because that was quintessential 80s Batman. Everybody that liked Batman from that time period knows that that book. Yeah. But at the same time, like I feel like if you if you take the like if you show the balloons going down the street and you have the gas pouring out of it and you cut to right before the people fall over, that could have been on TV in the 60s and that would have been <laughs> right in line with a plot point. You just you 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 go like Tim Burton turned the color dial down so Mm -hmm. that it wasn't that way. He made sure the cameras weren't Dutch tilted anymore. And all he did was let the camera watch the action for a beat longer. Mm -hmm. That was really all he did other than shoot a 66 Batman film.
2: After round one, Tom and Chris are tied at two points apiece and Justin is still with us. Don't worry. Each question in round two is two points each. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor.
1: Tom here, and our advertiser today is Brand X. Lots of people have been using cosmetics and hygienic products from the Joker. These products may make you look beautiful. They may make you smell like a field of daisies. They may make your skin as smooth as still water but they will also probably kill you. I recommend that you instead try Brand X. Brand X may be somewhat bland. It may not cause you to grin from ear to ear, no, but it certainly won't paralyze your muscles in a deformed rictus and kill you. As we say here at Brand X, our product won't murder you or terrorize your city. Brand X, pick up a living product today.
2: And we're back. We're at the critical point of our episode where we ask the guests a key question. If you could write your own sequel for Batman, pretend all the other ones don't exist, what would be the plot?
0: Well, I would have all the villains get together on a submarine while Batman runs down a dock with a big bomb over head. No, I'm joking. That's, that's Batman. That's Batman the movie. For the <laughs> uh, I always thought it would be intriguing to see what happens to the Joker when he hits the ground. Like you hear the laughing box. You see Commissioner Gordon take it out of his jacket pocket and it's still laughing. What if you could go off of that and do something along the lines of the joker is not a man it's an idea and then you have a second joker or a mob of jokers who are then going after gotham city and kind of making it a little bit more dilapidated than it was like there was a there was a a rise in gotham after the joker passes away and then perhaps now there's a new mob of jokers that take up the laughing mantle to suppress the city and make batman come out of retirement or pseudo retirement or whatever it might be because think about think about This Batman, just for a second, Batman has now gotten justice on the person who has killed his parents in this 89 Batman. Why Mm -hmm. is he still Batman? Maybe there has to be a continuation of the Joker story.
5: Hmm.
2: Yeah, at first I thought you were going to go with the theme of like possession, like the laughing box spread the Joker, but now you're talking more about um, a rise up or copycats Mm -hmm. embracing the banner.
0: Maybe, Maybe copycats like that.
1: There was actually a planned fifth movie in which uh, Jack Nicholson was going to come as a, as a dream. He was like a, a dream of the Joker, or a memory of the Joker. And it was going to be his daughter, Harley Quinn, taking on that mantle and, and getting revenge. So there was that, but because Batman and Robin did so poorly, they they canned it.
2: All those other ones blur together in my mind like mr freeze and
1: all those batman forever is a little better
0: i don't i don't i don't hate batman forever
1: i, lo- I don't I at Jim all yeah.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. yeah i liked it too batman forever
1: yeah i yeah it, it leans more into that camp thing and it has more of kind of like a rave aesthetic almost <laughs> um but i i had fun with it i i'm not gonna lie
2: I think they continue to go downhill from there is where I'm going. I I really um, enjoyed Batman, Batman Returns because it's really dark. And I did like uh, um, Danny DeVito's, wait. Yeah, yeah, he was the 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 Penguin. Penguin, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Christopher Walken as the corrupt businessman. You always need that corrupt businessman.
1: Max Schreck, who is, what's that a reference to? Nosferatu. That's why they named him that. That was the actor played. I didn't realize that. That's why they named him that. That's not actually a Batman character. Um, It was an invention for that. But yeah, I I, I have to say, I think this is the best of the four, even though Michelle Pfeiffer, what she does in Batman Returns is the best of all the four movies. But I think Batman the 89 is the the most solid. So
2: Justin, how are you gonna mess with the best, huh? What would your sequel look like?
3: (laughs) it looks a lot like batman returns <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to
2: steal the whole the whole uh,
3: script <laughs> it's fair <No>. it's fair <laughs> no, i have one, one one question though the um was the the penguin was he supposed to be that that, that fat um uh, guy in this movie like you know when um it was the Joker Ackard? and the other guy. They get in
1: you know. card Lieutenant yeah. card Oh no! He's I don't dead. think so. He, yeah, he, he was scheming.
3: He was scheming with the with the dirty cop kind of right, or the. Yeah. He was a dirty cop. He
1: was, dirty, he was yeah. actually
3: mm-hmm. under the payroll he's for, not the, for him. Him. He's not the
2: penguin. No, no, no different storyline. No, he's no dead.
1: Oswald Cobblepot is the. He could have yes.
3: been. kind of you know. What? Well, wait. Well, maybe in Justin's oh, mine, version. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. He is the penguin. And then oh. you know, you know, Danny DeVito and everything.
1: <laughs> does he does he get revenge? Does he get revenge on the Joker? Does the Joker come back and he has to get revenge on him? For- he
2: gets a revenge on the mob of Jokers that came back from Chris's
1: version. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he gets revenge
3: on his grave, I guess. <laughs> it's time for question three.
2: Oh, you guys are gonna love this one. It's a timestamp question.
1: Uh. Okay, he's so hard.
2: (laughs) It's a great way to make sure that you don't have ties.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good. That's a good point.
2: At what timestamp in this two-hour and six-minute film does Vicky Vale definitively know Bruce Wayne is the Batman?
1: Locked in, locked in, yeah, locked in. They beat you.
2: (laughs) Okay, Justin, start us off. At what time do you think? That she knows
3: 10823.
2: Oh, is it prices, right? Rules yes, the closest without going over.
3: All right, well, you gotta tell someone before they can. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
1: fair. laughs>
2: Would you like to change your number? No, we'll stick with that. Okay, the next was Tom, I think. I'm gonna go with 120.
1: Okay, and Chris, uh, I'm gonna go with 112.
0: <laughs>
2: Okay, and then we get to debate to make sure that I have the scene correct. <laughs> the answer, well, actually, the points are going to go to Tom. He said 120. I have one hour, 32 minutes and 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. This is when Vicki Vale, we could see her in the bat cave being escorted by the
1: butler. It, which is a disappointing scene because you don't see her make the realization. She already knows when she walks in.
2: Also, she's just focused on their relationship. There was like no shock to her yeah, that, that he was Batman. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, that that was really disappointing. I will you.
0: I, I would, okay. Yes, definitively is the is the question is the is the word that you use. So I have to I have to agree with you that her walking into the Batcave is when she definitively knows. But I think that it's after the, the two roosters in the henhouse scene that she knows he's Batman, and it just so happens that she doesn't put the pieces together until she's escorted in. I, I, I think that when he gets shot and she finds the silver tray in her apartment that that's the part that's the when she gets the inclination that this guy there's something up with this guy there's something more going, going on. on here mm-hmm. cuz not only that after she after she stays over she sees him hanging upside down like, that's weird. I know that that was some sort of way to kind of work out in the 80s, perhaps. But it's you know, that, <laughs> just strange to see some eccentric guy hanging upside down in the, in the bedroom. Uh, and then you get that scene where, you know, he acts completely out of character. Like, that's the first time that you want to get nuts scene is. Like, that's wild. Like, who does that? Yeah, that and was you, a then, weird one. <laughs> then you see the tray with the bullet in it as if he had premeditated. Like, he wanted to be shot by this guy. Like, I feel like she puts the pieces together there. And I agree that the definitive scene is when she's in the cave, but I think that's also why you can give her credit for maybe not being super surprised by it. I, I, think, it's, yeah. I think it's definitely something that's been building. She is a reporter. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's working with Knox and she's doing these pictures and she's a, even though she's the a photojournalist, she, she yeah. definitely is in the vein of somebody who investigates. So I think that it's not totally outlandish to say that she would have had an inclination before
1: yeah oh uh, this is where the screen the screenplay needed a rewrite that scene where bruce gets shot by the by jack or the joker you want to get nuts yeah <laughs> it's it's weirdly written though the point of it is you need it for the mechanics because you need him to hear joker's line about his parents right that's how he knows that that's i made you you made me so you need that scene it's just really poorly written um and i yeah, I, I appreciate that that Vicky has maybe put these pieces together as she's walking into the Batcave. But don't you guys want the scene where she goes, "Oh my God, you're Batman!" Like that great scene when Selena Kyle figures it out and Batman returns and they're dancing and they say the same line that they said as Batman and Catwoman. And there's this kind of like, "Well, well, what do we do now?" You know, that kind of moment. That was
3: good. I mean, you that can't was really a good that, moment. Yeah, yeah. Opportunity, yeah. Opportunity, but for sure.
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think this is where some of the flaws in the in the script kind of show
3: yeah and i agree with christopher like i think that's where in that scene is where she thought you know is this batman but i don't think it was definitive though
1: Mm
3: -hmm. but especially being a reporter i think you know the question popped in her head and she investigated further and we don't know exactly what happened but it's definitely you know a missed opportunity yeah, I didn't have the timestamp for that other one, so yeah. uh, we'll stick yeah. with definitive.
0: <laughs> I, I, I do I do agree that it could have been better, and that the Selena Kyle like the that scene is much better when it comes to like the reveal of Batman. Mm-hmm. But I also think that this is more a story about br- Bruce and, ja- and Jack than it is about Selena Kyle and Bruce, or not <laughs> Selena Kyle, but uh, Vicky Vale and Bruce. So that scene is also the scene in her apartment is also when Bruce is trying to put the pieces together himself of whether that's actually Jack Napier that, that, -hmm. that is the Joker. So he's also like, let me tell you a story about this guy named Jack and how he, so he's, he's egging on the Joker to find out if he's going to react to being called Jack. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, and they just kind of like threw the Vicky Vale thing in there, not that it's a throwaway character, but at the same time, like I think the, the writing was more focused on, The Bruce and Jack characters than it was about Mm -hmm. the Bruce and and Vicky relationship
1: yeah I mean he's there to tell her he's Batman that was kind of the thing but that he he couldn't do Um, but yeah I that's also that also seems it feels a little missed the sort of um, the the kind of that like dialectic of mutual creation that goes on between the Joker and Batman that also feels a little underwritten Uh, however it's you know it's fine i think it works fine
3: i mean he had to know that was uh the joker i mean he looks pretty much the same you know well i don't think he the question was if he knew it was the joker
2: i think the question was was he the person who killed his his parents okay he even says no he says early on that to to um the butler Mm -hmm. jack napier's not dead Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: he's the one who dropped him into the acid yeah the chemicals whatever it was
1: I, I think he might have a, because we talked about this before, when when the Joker kills the mob boss on, I think it's City Hall stairs, um, that he asks for his, Chris brought this up, that he asks for his parents file after that. Um, I don't know if he's egging on the Joker to see if he's the person who killed his parents. I mean, how would egging him on lead to that conclusion anyway? But I think he is, he is trying to, Get something out of him, right? It's just a little unclear what he's trying to get out of him.
3: I think he's just researching his enemy, you know? You gotta know your, yeah. know your enemy. That, yeah, I, I don't that... think he knew that was the person who killed his parents in that I, scene.
1: Yeah, that, I don't that think... Just is yeah. a,
2: that's a plant. It's a plant yeah. for us and him to Mm-hmm. connect the dots
0: but that is the scene where he finds out that it's his parents killer
1: it is yeah it is the oh, scene. 100%.
0: because he's because he's egging him on to the point of like kind of breaking like you know reveal something about yourself like i don't think i to, to tom's credit i don't think they really do a good enough job in the writing to kind of make this on front street for everybody but i really feel as if you're led to believe that you know jack falls in the pit he dies and then everybody else doesn't think the Jack's back, even though the Joker and Jack don't really look all that different. Everybody, all the mob bosses at that table don't recognize him. They, they don't know who he is. And Jack Napier was the right-hand man to Grissom. So I, I think we are led to believe that the Joker looks different enough that nobody knows he's Jack, including Batman. Mm-hmm. And then Batman is trying to kind of pull the pieces out of him. And it is his egging him on that causes him to say – the the famous line the the dance of the devil with the pale blue light kind of mm-hmm. thing, uh, and that's when he finally knows that that is indeed the person that that gunned down his parents.
2: Yeah, they did the whole thing where if I'm wearing if I'm white like wearing a white paint on my face you don't know who I am but if I'm wearing like colored the Superman you know, cl- Clark paint Penn. yeah that, uh, Ryan, yeah yeah like Ryan, I, Ryan, I know Ryan, you're Jack Ryan. Napier well, I mean, like when yeah. he sat when he sat down with those other mob bosses he was painted in like flesh colored skin. They knew who he was, but when he's in his normal white skin,
3: <laughs> <laughs> comic book. Then they Boy. don't.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: It's time for question four.
2: How much money is Joker giving away to the citizens of Gotham during his bicentennial parade? Locked
1: in. Locked in.
2: Oh, I think Chris might have got the jump on that one. That's fine. Locked in. Okay, Justin, you definitely were last. How much?
3: A million dollars.
1: Tom. 20 million
2: chris begrudgingly
0: 20
3: million
2: and it looks like tom will be taking down the episode a valiant effort to both Justin yeah. and
0: Chris on a timestamp. On a
2: time Yeah, stamp I was going to say, to be fair
1: to Chris, it was a timestamp question.
2: I I gotta put them in there for those tiebreakers. Yeah. it's like yeah.
1: I, my my tiebreakers are always something along the lines of how many Oscar winners are in this movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, which one is worse? I don't know. Yeah, don't know which which that. might
1: be worse? <laughs> I got a better shot at the Oscar
0: winners. Honestly, I yeah.
1: But the, uh, the, these questions are like, oh no, we're going to have a tiebreaker. All right, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah.
2: So this specific question, we've talked about Batman, Bruce Wayne, Joker, Jack Nicholson's portrayal of it. I, we just went a little bit into one of the supporting characters, Vicky Vale, which is probably the main supporting character. I wanted to talk about the city of Gotham as a character in itself.
1: Oh yeah, it, it is excellent. The the set design is the movie. Um, the designer was um, oh crap, I don't have his name in front of me. It is a it's like a German name. Um,
2: oh yeah, German guy.
1: Oh I can't oh I cannot believe I forgot his name. Anyway, um, but the, the set is absolutely gorgeous. It um it takes from kind of the the German expressionistic. Sensibility, uh, it, it's gothic, it, it's also seedy, but it's seedy and beautiful at the same time it looks like a an absolute party but um it has these kind of impossible shapes i'm glad we we did the cabinet of dr caligari before we did this cuz the cabinet of dr caligari i don't know if you you guys agree seems to definitely feed into this movie it has that kind of look i may be the only one who watched it aside it's it's a german expressionistic movie that takes place in like an an urban environment that looks like this. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is maybe a little weirder in the shapes, but so it's also very... a silent
2: film from what, the early 20s? Is it 1918. even- 1918. 19, yeah, I was gonna say it might not name in the 20s. Yeah. It was, even if you don't like silent films, it was very good, it was yeah. good to watch.
1: And I love that cathedral, the shape of the impossibility of that cathedral. It's so narrow. And yet when you get inside, none of the dimensions make sense also. Like where the pews are is like in the corner of a space that doesn't make sense.
2: Even when the bell falls down the tower mm. and is in the middle, but it breaks all the stairs. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> there was a lot of...
1: Yeah, That what is what makes this movie. Is is that is that set stuff. Um, and it, it comes back in the Batman returns. Um, but it is I think phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I don't know who came up with all the set designs, but I know Anton First is the guy that Thank did you. The Batmobile.
1: Yeah, I don't, know he, I don't he know. he also did the set design, yeah. Okay, he so did. he
0: must have done all of it. Uh, but that's the most iconic Batmobile that I can think of.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh bar yeah, none, all the bat all
0: the Batmobiles that have come since none of them, none of them compared to that. It's the one that it's the one that I have the Lego set built and it's in my room and it's never going to get taken apart. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I feel it's, it's kind of like reminiscent of like eighties, New York a little bit with like, you know, oh, in mob bosses and, and crime is going and we, we got to clean up the city. We got to clean up the streets, that kind of thing. And I, the, the art, the art deco that I mentioned in my one word thing that I cheated on, it's, it just pops and, all of the set design from this movie influenced my favorite Batman, which is the animated series, and they definitely took this motif, cranked it up a little bit to make it animated and cartoonish and, and ran, and it's, uh, it was, it's, it's great. I love it. And even though it was shot on a backlot, you can definitely see all the different angles. I also wanted to shout out the matte paintings that this, is, this movie had so many matte paintings mm-hmm. and that they were really used very well and they looked great. And you could definitely tell when they were on screen because there was something off about them, but you didn't mind. It, they were still beautiful to look at. And it, it, it even though I knew I was kind of like being taken out of the movie and then put back into the movie every time I saw one, I really enjoyed it still. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more because I saw that like artistry that was in mm-hmm. it. I, the, the cathedral scene sticks out to me a lot when they're... On top of the cathedral, looking down at Gotham, that is just one gigantic matte painting, and they have these really bad animated spotlights going across. <laughs> it, it looks bad, and I should be like, oh, that's that's cringy." This is twenty twenty two. We should have good that, but I love I love every moment of it. it. It really is. There's something special and magical about it, even though I know that it looks kind of grainy and bad. That I do I do love the the art direction they did. Well,
3: what's a matte painting? For, for those of us that
0: don't know. So what before before CGI, before they could kind of like take gigantic green screens and make backgrounds, what they would do is they'd shoot the actors in the foreground. And what they would do is they would superimpose over it a piece of glass that had a painting on it so that the actors in the foreground would be there and then it would be a piece of glass that was painted by an artist that would make the background. They don't do it anymore because now they just throw a giant green tarp up and they can put whatever computer-generated yeah, you know, thing you, they want. Uh, but right. back then, an artist had to actually like paint what it, what this scene would look like. So, you know, yeah. you see Batman and the Joker on top of the balcony. They were probably like yeah. a foot off the ground, and then an artist had to make that kind of landscape that made it look like there were hundreds of feet in the air.
3: Yeah, and that scene that that's always stuck out for me. Like I, that just stuck in my memory. That whole you know that the tower and you know, Joker falling and everything. Um, well this one you, you can you can see the the, um, the the miniature model houses like you know it mm. scenes like they used to do in the eighties you can see oh yeah you know where it transitions and you know for some of the special effects and that, you know you could tell it's the miniature uh... what about when people fall
0: oh yeah when when is when the when the guy falls down the belf- belfry and he's like yeah. his head between his knees as he's toppling <laughs> down <laughs> yeah. obviously a dummy.
1: -hmm.
3: Or when Joker, Joker I don't know what that. Oh yeah, that was that was that uh, was a quick fall though, right? That one was a quick fall. Like it didn't look anything like him. I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) It was like some. uh, I don't know how they (laughs) did that. Yeah, it was dummy probably, right? Mm, I I don't know. It didn't even look like it. Could have been animated too.
1: Yeah, they also had like Batman at one point was animated when we first see him on the rooftop.
0: That's true. That's true. Could be animated. So yeah, and I I want to know. I think it might've been a miniature with like a model inside, but when they do the Batman, the, the bat wing shots, and they're doing the, the kind of like pans when, when the, when the bat, when it's, when it's making, it's kind of like yaws. Mm-hmm. Like you can see a Batman sitting inside of it mm-hmm. and the, the head is moving a little bit. I'm curious if they did that like stop motion because it's certainly not CGI, but it's, you yeah. can definitely see that he's, he's articulated in there. If it maybe it's like stop motion.
2: Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Model shots and and another another model was when Vicky and Batman are dangling in front of the cathedral at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like two little HO scale train models, like <laughs> swinging back and forth in front of a uh, mm-hmm. of a plastic yeah. model miniature. It's yeah. quality, but-
1: yeah. But it's a look, right? It's a consistent oh yeah no, look, it,
0: but it all fits. It's
3: consistent. And it's it, that, it, yeah,
1: and it's and it's clear. It's distinct. And it it is a it's a really great time.
3: Yeah, I mean the. It was definitely you know, like 1980s New York. Uh, and I mean, sure. especially being what they called the, the Fugelheim. So, I mean, that's Fugelheim
1: <laughs>
3: Museum. Like, it's pretty obvious that they're trying to say it's New oh, York. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess they had... I was. I, I saw the map and I was trying to see if it's similar, but... It, Gotham is an old nickname for New York. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, the it map was pretty different, though. Like when We
0: all said, know that... We all know that the real Gotham City is Newark, though everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Newark, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They could have had some some more people, I think. Honestly, in, in the backgrounds, that that was my one uh, critique, mm-hmm. I guess. But being that it's the first movie, you know, I probably have not a huge budget to you know bring in thousands of people. So I did see some of the like it was. I mean, I guess you know it was probably a dangerous time maybe in Manhattan. Not so many people, mm-hmm. but it's just it seemed like there were not as many people as uh, as Manhattan would have.
2: Well, that's the whole thing that Chris was saying earlier. It was all filmed on a studio lot. So that's probably why you felt that
3: sparse yeah.
4: I mean,
2: nature. Because you've been in the city and you know, like even if you're going down yeah. a somewhat quiet street,
3: there's a lot of people. I think that was just because of where they were filming it versus on location. The crowd, which I mean, happens in a lot of movies, but you know, you can see where the crowd kind of ends a, a little bit, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think especially in like the city hall reporter scene yeah there's mm-hmm. like two or three reporters there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple of mines and like one a single car <laughs> drives past. like yeah. one car in city hall in new york is a little bit wild that the yeah. uh, this was hit tim burton's i think third film it was so mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was going to get a major kind of crazy budget i think this was right. that's what i figured uh like he had done beetlejuice with with michael keaton i think first Mm-hmm. And then I think Frank and Weenie's the only one that was before this, so he was relatively the new. I don't Pee-wee's think the Playhouse. A lot. Oh, yeah. that's right, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. What was the budget for this?
1: I want to say I think thirty-five, which is pretty generous for. Um, I could look it up, but I, I thought it was thirty-five, which is generous for nineteen
0: eighty-nine. Oh yeah, just the thirty-five to forty-eight million after uh, advertising it made four point four and in revenue.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, very good. So ten times—that's that's pretty <laughs> good. It's time for movie rent.
1: This is a, a quote from Pauline Kael, you know, the the great Pauline, um, about the set design for this city. If I could read that, because uh, it's—I think it's a great description. It's um. Sure, it's Gotham City, with its jumble of buildings shooting miles and miles into the dirty skies, is the product of an of uncontrolled greed. Without sunshine or greenery, the buildings look like derelicts. This is New York City deliberately taken just one step beyond the present. It's the city you imagine it when you're really down on it. It's Manhattan gone psycho. But even when you're down on it, you can get into your punk fantasies about how swollen it is, how blighted and yet horribly alive.
0: I think that is on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I have, I have two things to kind of talk about before we wrap it up. Uh, I, I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention Danny Elphin and the score. It is uh, it's as iconic as a John Williams score for Jaws or Star Wars. I feel like every time you hear that, oh, you 100% know what, what's coming next. <laughs> uh, and then I, I don't think I don't think we were recording when I mentioned this, but I think I mentioned to Nick that I've even though I've seen this movie 20 times, I meant I, I saw something this time that I didn't notice before when they're doing the press conference. With uh, introducing Harvey Dent, introducing Lando Calrissian as uh, the (laughs) district attorney, Uh, Bruce Wayne is actually supposed to be sitting at that table. So this is during the opening scene where Mm -hmm. Bruce's on the on the rooftop getting those two criminals. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the name cards, he's actually supposed to be sitting between the DA and Commissioner Gordon. Oh. And he's but he's mysteriously missing because he's dressed as Batman on a rooftop. It's the first time I'd ever seen that his name car was there. It's wow, like they were definitely hinting at his aloofness and how like he's not uh he's part of the scene, he's part of the city, he's mm-hmm. the most most expensive person there, but that he's definitely missing in action. But we mm-hmm. gotta talk about Danny Elfman and the and the score a little
1: bit, I think.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, when just like you said, when you hear that it's definitive Batman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it works in the same way that the, the kind of Jaws motif works you know, as you know, that kind of represents Jaws. It's a, it's a leitmotif and the, you know, the, the Batman thing does the, it does the same work. I mean, does does the Joker get his own little leitmotif? I don't know if I noted one. I don't know
0: uh, if uh, he might, but I don't know that I recognized it. If yeah, was there. Like, I, didn't, I
1: didn't recognize it. Either. Usually
0: you watch something enough and you kind of pick up on like, oh, that's their music. Oh, that's their music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did, I don't pick up on it. He's I think. Is it is it Prince? Is Prince his motif? Like Prince, is that,
1: is that yeah. What it is? I was Prince gonna say who's didn't...
2: on the boombox, right? It's, it's
1: always Prince, yeah.
0: Prince is on Prince is on the the floats when he's on mm-hmm. the floats. It's a Prince song when he's dancing through the the, the Flugelheim. Mm-hmm. It's it's Prince on the boombox. <laughs> like maybe that's maybe maybe Prince is his uh, his muse.
1: Yeah, I think Prince created original music for this, which has kind of been forgotten. I, it doesn't seem like the best I'm music. pretty sure both
0: of much. both of those songs are, are Prince originals for this movie
3: specifically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm not really a fan of the, the Prince music, but <laughs> yeah, the Batman music, I, I like that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, mean, I think it still carries on throughout mm-hmm. all the movies, right? I mean, they've pretty much used that score I and think so. Added a little to it, but I mean, the you know,
1: it's not in the Nolan films, is it?
3: I think it's pr- like I
0: don't, I, don't I can't. It no, because that's that's, yeah. that's that's Hans Zimmer.
1: That's yeah, that's a different guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: but they it definitely continues through all of the animated series stuff, and mm-hmm. like that's like I, I always reference that's the Batman that I watch the most of. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely near and dear. It's definitely in Return in Batman Returns. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. It's not in all all the new ones. I feel like it's the same kind of.
1: I it's I know it's I know Zimmer works with Nolan. I
3: don't know if it's the like same person. But like, yeah. You uh, think they took some
2: influences from it? I, I, I haven't. Yeah. I can't speak to I this. I can't speak of it,
1: it either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I I Zimmer music always sounds the same. Like the, the Zimmer music of 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 Hans is always it's always the sounds like uh, the same. Uh, uh.
4: Oh.
1: Oh, yeah uh it's it's um industrial minimalism I think is <laughs> but uh I think this character the Batman character, is, is one of the most fun to compare that it's it's different iterations um and how, what the Joker kind of represents in each one it's odd here for the Joker to be like a an and artist of death, the homicidal artist. Uh, he, he makes art until someone dies, which I, I thought was um, kind of funny. In most iterations, though, the Joker is kind of a force just of pure anarchy. And, and he knows that, right? He's always sort of worn that mantle and it's a little different here it's also interesting that this is the one time i think we see a joker backstory backstory where he is sort of villainous in his previous life his life as a a, a non-joker either the joker doesn't have a previous life he's just sort of um kind of sprung from from the lack of civility or something like that um Or he's like the, um, or he was a, a, what do you call it? A a comedian who had to take on the red hood and fell into that. And then he just becomes this entirely different thing. Um, This is a Joker who's maybe a little more psychologically real because we know that Jack, before he became Joker, was also kind of psychopathic. He's referred to as, as crazy, even by his associates, um, but the art angle, I, which I thought they would do more with, was probably the way in which I think the Joker was more different in this film than than in other versions.
0: I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I thought it was interesting, and this might be me looking into it a little bit more, but it seems like whoever wrote the movie, whether it was Tim Burton or a writer or a ghostwriter that went along with him, the idea of making makeup the deadly weapon and then like, Forcibly showing the uh the news anchor pass away on on camera and then showing the news anchor's sans makeup afterwards and like how (laughs) horrible they looked, and the guy had like zits all over his face. Like, I don't know if they they were trying to like make a a social commentary on Mm -hmm. on the you know 80s culture and how influenced we are with our with our appearances and stuff. I don't think that has anything to do with the Joker in this, but I mean like that's it is an interesting thing that he went after like vanity in a, mm-hmm. in a way because he's been disfigured and now we know that Jack Nicholson has to wear a junk load of makeup but yet makeup is going to be what kills the, uh, the people else. that he's yeah. attacking so mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a, a juxtaposition i guess it's it's interesting he yeah. he is an interesting joker and mm-hmm. i yeah i i he does seem to be the most natural when it comes to like progression like i was i was a a gangster mm-hmm. i had ties to criminal organization I'm a, I'm a psychopath. Something bad happened to me. I t- cranked it up to 11. So like mm-hmm. you could definitely see that the the scaffolding that got him to where he is there. Mm-hmm. I like, and don't like that. I like that. I like the Joker. that kind of comes out of the ether the way that he is like fully formed. And he's just kind of like a freak of nature almost that just is uh, wreaking havoc.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I like this Joker too. I, I think it's a, a great take on it. I, I don't hold the Batman stuff in such a way that it needs to be the same every time. Like, oh, this is not like this, Mm -hmm. then I hate it. Like, I appreciate the fact that there's such a breadth of differences in the Batmans, in the Jokers, in the Mm -hmm. villains. I like that there's different takes on them and I don't think that any of them are wrong. I just like that I think they're all good in their own way.
1: Yeah, it's it's what good comic book characters are. They become... They become a meme, and you could kind of graph what other memes you want onto them. And so there is a great deal of variety that that's allowed there, just so long as Batman is the sort of um, an anarchic force of good, maybe, and the Joker is anarchy proper. Or rather, I should say Batman is the the sort of icon of community the kind of the icon that a community can place as something that represents it. And Joker is the undoing of that, you know, and whatever Joker's backstory is, as long as he's trying to undo that icon, then the kind of anarchic aspects of him remain.
3: Can I just ask, does anyone know why the reporters mouths were like the Joker's?
2: That was the chemical agent that he put in these various combinations. Yeah. The yes, yes, it had something <laughs> oh, yeah. to do with the nerves. They don't really <laughs> go into it in great detail, but something <laughs> yeah. about nerve damage making them look That's like That's
1: in the comics, though. It's yeah. not necessarily yeah. makeup, but it's like a smoke or something like that that kills people exactly. with a rictus.
3: Another interesting thing, I don't know if anyone got that vibe, but the henchmen for uh, uh, the Joker kind of looked like a, a little bit of like the Matrix uh, kind of guys with the glasses and the hat you know so some you know not 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 the main henchman the uh some some of his guys. yeah i thought oh, they agents. were just more like, yeah. like yeah, tough guys though, though no like, like I, I don't agents. know they
1: That's look like guys hard, who who run the vip section of a concert
5: <laughs> with with <laughs> the, the joker state. patch on them yeah
3: yeah, you know, yeah like, with yeah. the I felt they were a bit misplaced. I don't know. I don't know if they were like dirty Uh, FBI, CIA, or something. I
1: I think that is the camp stuff that you were talking about, Chris. Yeah, they look like really kind of campy six silver age figures. Yeah,
3: like dirty FBI. I
1: I was fine. No, just henchmen. I liked it. Yeah,
3: that was just their uniform. Very police like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, they did look
2: more authoritative than they probably should have except they had this big joker patch on like you know
3: yeah i mean the guys with the hats and the glasses.
2: no i know i know exactly what mm-hmm. you're saying it's all
0: yeah. about that purple leather jacket that's what that's what made yeah, you that's a it, yeah. that's it.
3: And, and then the cars have, had the purple and, and green oh gear. that's
2: that's classic henchman uh
3: yeah, swag yeah, yeah. <laughs> and gear okay the purple and mm. yeah,
2: old they totally won't know we're henchmen if we're wearing matching uh, outfits and gear and driving the same mm. vehicles so.
1: it's branding the you know if you want to be a villain in this world you need branding
0: and it happens it happens quick too like there's no sense of time like we're not told how long it takes but mm. like he literally falls into a vat of acid and by the time he comes down the chute and the mannequin hand sticks out of the water, mm. he has a cadre of henchmen <laughs> that are ready to uh, to do his bidding
2: the one thing they do to bridge the gap is his right-hand man was with him before he became the Joker. So that guy we know for sure Bob, is the Bob. same guy. Yeah, but it doesn't mm. end well for Bob. Yeah, you sure got mm. rid of him
0: without a, a
1: <laughs> Bob and Lawrence. Mm.
0: Who needs hey, Bob,
2: Bob when I you got
1: that done.
0: guy that's beating Batman in the bell tower, though? Jeez. Oh, my yeah. 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 Mm. I forgot to
3: mention the line, the Beauty and the Beast line. I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
2: a great one. Yeah. Well,
3: like, I'm like thinking like, oh, I got to use that one. No, I mean like I'm going to use it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i won't let anyone call you the beast or whatever. mention in here and i'm like you know let yeah. Me use that, uh, um, yeah i'm sure your wife will appreciate that <laughs> i'd like to end
2: on a lighter note i thought it might be fun to go over the bonus question that we never got to and you don't have to lock in if you know it just shout it out and here it is who was boss Grissom expecting when the Joker
1: paid him a visit? Be specific. Sugar, sugar plums. Uh, is that sure. you? Sugar plums. Close. Tom
2: is actually not right. He wouldn't have gotten oh. the answer. Oh, very no. close. Well,
1: who was it?
0: I don't remember no her name. It was it was the it was the the model that Jack was that was no, Tom
2: is very close. Something
0: like that. Yeah. Sugar something. There's another word that's coming to mind that I'm not saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not it,
2: but it's not too too far off. It is. He was looking for sugar bumps.
1: Sugar Sugar bumps. bumps. (laughs) Oh, I I thought he said plums. I. I think it was yeah.
2: (laughs) It was sugar bumps. I just always thought that was funny. That
4: is is funny.
2: (laughs) I'd like to, once again, congratulate Tom for taking down this episode. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations,
5: Congratulations, Tom.
1: Thank you. <laughs> you're so mad. Oh, no, no. You, got,
0: you, got, you got close on sugar pumps or whatever you said. So I'm, I'm going to give you a full-fledged nod.
3: Well, you are not even closer. It doesn't even feel that bad. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you can find more of our content wherever you listen to podcasts on our YouTube channel, Twitter at Talking Studios, and our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com. We're extremely grateful to all those who subscribe, like, follow, and leave a review. Do you get Vicki Vale confused with Catwoman? Why or why not? Let us know on Twitter, Trivia at gmail.com, or give us a call at 201-467-8679. Thanks again, Justin and Chris, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Was- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks again for having me, guys. This is always a blast, and this is... By far, one of my favorites. So I really enjoyed talking about it.
2: Great. E- even, even if Tom ended up victorious?
0: Even if he won on a timestamp question. I'll, st- <laughs> I'll still say this is fun.
1: Uh, thanks for coming, sugar bums. <laughs> 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 okay. Where can you find me? Well, you can find me on Twitter at ThomasLayman15 and uh, check out Talking Pictures Trivia B-Side.
2: I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss... Tom's recommendation from 1928, The Man Who Laughs, which inspired the Joker. Stay tuned for our first impressions of this film. Ding, 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 ding.
1: Hey. So now we're going to do our first impressions for The Man Who Laughed. Andy, what do you got?
4: So my first impressions were pretty interesting. I watched it last night true, uh, truthfully and um and I haven't seen very many silent movies, and I haven't seen any silent movies like this so it was uh, it made a made a strong impression on me i still am, am absorbing it kind of I'm not sure quite what to make of it um but I enjoyed it and i thought I thought this discussion would be really good so i'm I'm excited to to chat about it and and hear more of the the history that Tom will probably definitely tell us about
5: um so yeah i actually knew i knew absolutely nothing about this movie going into it um uh which is which is strange because i feel like i know a lot of these silent movies and i'd never i'd never had any exposure to this one and uh i watched half of it last weekend um during my uh hour-long i, I don't know if we can use brand name so i'll just say my hour-long bike stationary bike ride um and then,
1: you don't and, want to use that brand name now anyway yeah
5: yeah, yeah but yeah but but unlike sex in the city i didn't die so that, so i died, so I watched half of it last week and then i watched the other half during my other hour-long bike ride this week um so that was my that was my first time watching it um and yeah it's a it's a whack movie <laughs> it's actually really really interesting um uh, it's one of, but again, we'll we'll chat about it. But it's it's a really it's a really interesting film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i I had not seen this before recommending it, and this movie is part of our. We're doing a Joker's, not a, excuse me, not a Joker series, a Batman series in honor of the Batman because we're hoping to get more viewers if we tie it into something that's actually happening in the world. And this movie is kind of famous because it was the inspiration for Bob Kane design of the Joker which is pretty obvious when you see it uh and so I recommended it for for that reason I thought it'd be a little different from um the other kind of Batman themed stuff we were doing and it was my first viewing and that, the first 10 minutes are terrifying the first <laughs> 10 minutes are like I, I I was I was watching that in the kitchen and this you know and and it was would, oh my god god i think i texted you pat i'm like this is horrifying it's horrifying yeah at first, <laughs> like,
5: it's really
1: it's pretty. A, yeah it's a it's a intense movie at first and then it kind of evens out i mean it, it doesn't have that kind of um that kind of shock all the way through it but uh, those like first 10 minutes where well, they were they were really really hard and you could also see like the the monster movie tie-in this is all the same people like the guy who did the makeup is the same guy who did the makeup for Boris Karloff that's kind of how he became famous um and uh, the same producer it's still universal the Carl Lomel Jr who produced all the monster movies um and so it's kind of this interesting moment also where it's not a monster movie but it kind of helps lay that blueprint for that for that studio to do that stuff um so i had a i had a blast with it
4: a lot happened in the first 20 minutes i mm-hmm. i thought about everything that had happened i looked at the time and it was like only 20 minutes in and i thought well it's gonna be a long movie <laughs> or a lot a, really a lot's gonna happen
1: yeah and a lot actually doesn't it's fairly i mean it is about it has a little under two hour runtime but it's yeah it, it's fairly condensed in the action, um, uh, but it does actually take place over a, a decent chunk of history. Yeah. It, incorrectly, of course. And it has nudity. <laughs> does, oh, it kind of does. Do you yeah. see a...
5: I I mean again I was watching it on like a tiny screen on my <laughs> while riding a bike it looked like mm-hmm. you could maybe maybe oh. you could look at it on a big screen you can't but I don't know I, think
4: it like I watched it. it on a, a sixty five inch uh, <laughs> okay. OLED and it was like it was like they just skirted it you know that
1: oh. the trick no, where
4: okay. it was like it wasn't in the contract so they they uh, you, know, you saw <laughs> the, the the hint of an impression and not the actual thing yeah. but it, it was yeah. um especially that scene in the fair it was like she's being groped like this yeah. is really happening
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh God. I, it's odd that you could see who's married on this podcast because they notice the nudity more than the single guy.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I just, I want to bring up something for KJ. I hope he's listening. No. <laughs> I, so he has a list of things that happens in 1989 that gradually get more intense. And his idea of intensity is the Berlin Wall and then the release of Game Boy. <laughs> so the Berlin Wall coming down is slightly less important than the release of Game Boy. Let's
0: also not forget that Weekend at Bernie's makes the kid likes the list of movies that come out along the Last Crusade and Batman.
1: Yeah, that was that was a big year in 1989.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I did anything but stay in a movie theater. This is yeah. the list.
1: Yeah, I, East Germany just—they just needed to give out Nintendo Game Boys. Just keep people in the coop. That's what would have done it. It's all—it was all about Tetris Man. I—I I, I thought you were going to ask which paintings got violated in the museum. Oh, oh gosh, no. So I, would I was not have known like portrait Yeah, there very good. was mm-hmm. there Rembrandt was a something.
2: chance there mm-hmm. was a chance that I might have asked how many paintings yeah i think
1: i think 12 i think i could name them but i know he wanted he
0: wanted to shave abraham lincoln and
1: (laughs) yeah william willard abraham lincoln the uh gilbert stewart washington right the anthony portrait he liked it's not a well it's a, a painting by francis bacon called i think man with two two pieces of meat something like that and what it is is it's a negative painting of a uh uh, a Va- uh, Vasquez portrait of a pope i think of innocence the Fifth. a very famous portrait and so it's a it's a